Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Trent Knott. Trent will be making his professional MMA debut this Saturday for the B2 Fighting Series in Alabama. We're recording the episode today, Monday, June 6th, 2022. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined via the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line by returning guest, Trent Knott out of Lexington, Kentucky. Trent, how are you today? Uh, Doing pretty good. Uh, You know, hungry getting ready for this weight cut, but uh, everything's on track. Everything's feeling pretty good, and uh, I'm very excited. Trent, you're a tall guy who stays very lean. Uh, you say you're hungry, but uh, could you could you could we start right there? How tall are you? I'm 6'3". Six 6'3", three. Six three, okay. And yeah. you're, you're not just 6'3", you're pretty, I think you got a pretty good reach too, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't measured it, but... Uh, yeah, I got long arms, long legs, you know, easy to hit people and not get hit. Um, so you're 6'3", and you were fighting Clay Witt for the B2 Fighting Series uh, coming up here June 11th in Alabama. Um, yep. th- am I correct in saying, have you fought in Alabama before? I have. I fought in uh, in Rainsville, Alabama uh, for AFC. Pretty weird. Like, I don't know what Alabama commission is like being super pushy. Like, they, you know, usually where we get our licenses and, and everything, like, you can get it the day of, you know, you can get it there at the venue. But, like, they were telling me, like, we had to get it a week in advance. They were, like, pushing my corners. So, like, they, they one of them, 
texted me last night and was like, hey, if your second corner doesn't get his license by 12 o'clock midnight, he can't corner. They're not going to let him corner. I was like, what is going on? Because when I fought in Alabama before, dude, I was an amateur. <clears throat> and they let me have three corners. Like, and now, uh, professionally, like, I'm going down there to fight, and I'm only allowed to have two corners. I don't know. It's been, it's been very, it's been a process. And, uh, but yeah, I fought in Alabama before. Uh, it didn't go my way. So this time in Alabama, I put on, uh, I'm going to put on a show and definitely have it, uh, my hand raised. I love it because you mentioned your corners. Who will be your two corners for your pro debut? Uh, it's going to be Harry Hunsucker. Of course he's, uh, you know, he's been in my corner. I think like most of my fights, maybe he wasn't there for one. And, uh, you know, I'm always, I'm one of his corner man. So we just kind of go back and forth. And then, uh, you know, my head coach, uh, Sandro Pasek, uh, head jiu-jitsu coach and everything out of Georgetown and MMA. Uh, you know, black belt Missouri jiu-jitsu, but not just that. I mean, he's a student, like Sandro is a student of the game. There's like, there's not one thing, uh, that he doesn't understand about. MMA and jiu-jitsu and wrestling and and uh you know he's a doctor as well so it's always you know good for having him for the weight cut and my calories in versus calories out what I should be eating you know I can always turn to him uh if I have questions with anything so and then on top of that he's just like a Bosnian gorilla great training partner I've never actually rolled with Sandro, but everyone I've ever spoken with who has, has very fucking high praise for him. Is oh, that- man. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not joking when I say he's like a Bosnian gorilla. He's just like, I mean, he, he can get you inside control and he could just, just hang out there for a whole round. And if he doesn't want you to move, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I've seen him do, we do, like, 10-minute rounds uh, over at Georgetown, and uh, I've seen him just, like, and when I say I've seen him, I saw it because it was on me. <laughs> but he'll just, like, he, he'll get inside control, and if he doesn't feel like being very active or something, he'll just hold you there. And you'll kick and buck and try and shrimp and try to get your frames back and stuff, and he's just like, nope, 10 minutes, you're on bottom inside control. How does that feel? <laughs> And Sandro actually has a MMA background himself, so I know that everybody seems to talk about him as being just this absolutely difficult guy to roll with. But, and I'm bringing it up now. He he had a, a an MMA career also, right? Yeah, yeah. He fought he fought MMA, uh, and he's also a brown belt in judo. So like he's just a student of martial arts. Uh, you know, he, 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 I think he would have been an absolutely like great MMA fighter if he would have kept going down that path. But, you know, life called him in a different direction. He's a doctor now. Like, I, I understand there's like things you, you mean, you can have like two professions. Like, you know, I have my job and then I'm going to be a professional MMA fighter, but I don't, it's kind of hard, you know, you can't really be a doctor and an MMA fighter. So, but He's an absolute student of the game. Uh, everything he watches, every like fight to win, every UFC, every one, every time 
there's a card or something, me and him are always talking back and forth. He's like, hey, I would really like you to implement some of this in your game. And then he'll be like, go to Ryan's fans fight of, you know, two months ago and watch three minutes and 43 seconds into the, into the rounds. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's how, like, meticulous he is when it comes to training jiu-jitsu and MMA. And your other corner, Trent, is a UFC heavyweight. I guess he's moving down to light heavyweight now, but Harry Hunsucker. Tell our listeners about Harry. I assume many of them know about him, but, I mean, what, what type of person is Harry? I mean, Harry's best, right? So, like, and it's great having the clash and personalities in my corner. You know, Sandro is, like I said, very meticulous, very down to the T. Like, hey, this is our game plan. This is what we're going to do. You know, stuff like that. And then you got, like, Harry in there that's like, hey, man, just go out there and have fun. Like, try to knock this motherfucker out. Like, go have a good time. Like, what are we doing here if not to have a good time? You know, so it's like, it's awesome. You know, like, I remember my last fight uh, against Melvin. You know, I was out there and, like, Harry came in, comes in my corner in the third round. He's like, hey, man, like, you're doing good, but, like, it's close on the scorecards. He's like, and he just, like, starts screaming. You know, like, he just starts, like, he's like, go out there and get this. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, because I, I was feeling a little flat, man. Like, I, was, I don't know what it was. And then that third round, he comes in there and he just, like, totally amps me up and like the first two punches I throw come out coming out in the third round is like a three two and I knock them down as well like so it's just great, you know. I love having Harry there. There's nothing, you know especially when you travel to fight, like there's nothing better than having like two people or like a, a, a group of people that you like trust. Like you're going into enemy territory and you, like, I have no doubt just because I trust those two so much that I know that I just, I know everything's going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, win, lose, draw, having those two in my corner is just, it means everything to me. And Harry means everything to me, too. So, like, He's the best, and we got some big news coming up. He's got some really big news about the future. I can't wait till he announces it, not just with his fighting career, but with his personal life. He's got some big stuff coming up, and it's not my place to mention. Trust me, I really, really want to, but uh, I'll let him handle that because it, it's his accomplishments, and I can't wait for people to find out. Hell yeah, I believe it. Everything good that happens to Harry, man, he deserves it. He, he really is. A Alex yeah. Hacker said a long time ago on the podcast, he said, you know, I don't know Harry that well, but every interaction I've ever had with him, he's just been so fucking nice. H Hacker told the story he was in Florida once, and Harry just happened to be down there, and I think Hacker was going to fight uh, maybe in the Tampa area, I think. But Harry yeah. was just happened to be, I don't know, a couple hours away, and he drove, 
I think I may be exaggerating or it may even be further, but he went out of his way to take multiple hours and drive just to support Area 502 MMA, even though they didn't know each other that well. He just showed up and he was just like as wholesome of a good fucking guy. And I think that really is how he is. Absolutely. I I absolutely believe it. Like if you're, if, yeah, if there's something that he could do to like make you feel like a little more comfortable and better. And like, I totally believe that story. And you know what the great thing about Harry is? It's not, it's not like, it's not that like this act. It's all genuine, you know, like Alex Hacker probably told that story like years after. And he was probably the only person that knew like Harry, Harry doesn't make that stuff like about him. You know what I mean? Like that's a very easy thing to do to be like, get on social media and be like, look how good of a person I am. I'm, I'm coming down. I'm going out of my way to like support a, a fellow like Kentucky fighter, but no, nah, it's just like, he did it because like that, this is what he wanted to do. He like wanted to make someone feel more comfortable. And like, that's awesome, man. That's like, that's a, that's a total hairy thing to do. And I love that story. You mentioned it, Trent, but And since you pointed it out, I I can't get it off my mind, but you really couldn't think of, first and foremost, two bigger, you know, just more capable fighters to have in your corner than Sandro and Harry. So, I mean, that's valuable, very experienced uh, combat sports athletes. But also, you mentioned it, the contrasting personalities. Um, I mean, they really couldn't be, in a lot of ways, very different. So now that you say that, I, I really... I think that's almost funny that they're they're so in some ways so opposite yeah yeah it, they are but like i said man when when you're actually like in the back and warming up and you got you know sandra who's very reserved and then you got harry who's like very animated and like trying to like you know he pumps you up in a different way and sandra like you know keep your but it works it works like it has this balancing act of you know, you got this stone cold, like, almost like, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I say this, but you got like this stone cold, almost like serial killer <laughs> vibe, <laughs> like with Sandro, who is like, just like, he could probably kill you with his stare. And then you got Harry, who's like, very, like I said, he's very animated. He's like, go have fun. He's like, we're here to fucking fuck shit up and have fun and do crazy shit and make stories for when we're 80 years old. We can tell our kids and grandkids. And it's just like, it's the best man. Cause there's never a dull moment. And, uh, I absolutely love it. I love those two. I love having them in my corner. And like I said, I have no fear walking into battle with those two behind me. What did you do as far as karma or whatever good energy you put out into the world to get those type of two guys to, to have your back like that? Shit, I don't know, because I'm kind of an asshole, so uh, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I honestly think it's just pure luck sometimes. Like, uh, I met Harry through just, like, straight coincidence. Like, I don't even think I had one fight, like, as a at one MMA fight. I uh, have previous combat experience, of course, and like karate, kickboxing and stuff like that. But I didn't, I didn't even have an MMA fight before, you know, I started training with Harry. Honestly, 
I can tell you what it is. I mean, I, I am an apple and everything, but like when it comes to like my work ethic and stuff, I think, uh, a lot of it has to do with that. I put myself in, in at the right place at like the right time. So like I met Harry, uh, through, through Michael Seals and I was training with Seals and we were training at noon. I worked night shift at the time and I would go in at noon and, uh, I would train with him, but he had a class, you know, a noon, uh, jitsu class. And I wanted to fight MMA. So I asked, you know, I asked him, I was like, Hey, if I, is there anything I do to like give some extra MMA time, you know, but I, I don't get off till like two o'clock in the morning. And even getting here at 12 is like hard and feels was like, you know, well, I'm not going to go out of my way, but he was like, I train a couple guys in here here at like 10 30 to 12 and so he's like if you can make that then then you know maybe we can train you too and i was like oh well that sucks you know i get off at two o'clock in the morning you know by the time i get to bed it's four or five o'clock in the morning and now i'm waking up at 11 30 to make it in here for the 12 o'clock class and, but I wanted to fight MMA. I wanted to be an MMA fighter. So I started going in at like 1030. I'd wake up, I'd get, I'd get home from work, try to sleep, which you know how hard that is. I don't know if you've ever worked night shift, but like you don't just get off and then go straight to bed. You know, you get off, you, you watch TV, decompress, you have a little bit of food. And then you go to bed. So I'd go to bed around 4, 4.30 in the morning. And then I'd wake up at 9, 9.30. So I could, you know, go in there and train with them guys. And let alone, it was like Harry and Jamel. Now, and uh, Harry and Jamel would be in there training with SEALs, uh, training MMA. And that's how I got to know those guys. It's just me putting myself, you know, I could have been like, well, that option's out. I need my sleep and I need, you know, whatever. And then. Uh, Sandro, you know, I, I've been at Georgetown now for a while and I split time, you know, I split time still. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a person who's like, uh, I try to like incorporate everything like as much as I can. So, you know, I train stand up at four seasons, uh, still because they have a lot of boxers, a lot of Muay Thai, um, and so I go there twice a week and I get all my like stand up training in there. Uh, cause they have like really big sparring partners. They got a great like boxing team, which uh, I like to go in there and like really clean my hands up and stuff, uh, with them. But, uh, you know, I made the full time transition over to Georgetown just because, you know, I knew what was lacking in my game is, you know, I've been, doing striking martial arts since I was about 13 years old, but I had never grappled. I had never wrestled. I never did anything like that. So, uh, you know, making that switch, driving, you know, 20 20 minutes every day to Georgetown when I live in Lexington and work in Nicholasville. You know, it's it's all about, like, people are, in martial arts, like, there are people who want to train. There are people who want to be trainers and like really help people flourish. But also in MMA, you have a lot of people that stay 
they'll do this like shit, like say they'll put their effort in, but then when it when like push comes to shove, they're not there. You know what I mean? Like, you know how many people have even reached me now that I'm like a I do privates, I'm a striking coach. Like, I have people write DM me all the time. Like, please tell me, please tell me uh, with my hands. Like, blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, man, I am way more willing. I am all, always here to help. And then I'll be like, can you meet here? And well, no, I can't do that. No, I, I'll start here in a couple weeks or, you know, oh, that does, can you come to me and like train me at my house? Like, I'm like, oh, so you write me this big old paragraph about how you want to, you want me to clean your stand up up and you want to be this, you know, great MMA fighter. But then the first time I ask you to, you just, you have every excuse in the book. It's just, it's a, that's such a huge, uh, like turnoff to me when it comes to taking on a student or something like that. You know, you go out of your way because, you know, these, these guys who know more than you, it's their time. It's their effort. It's their, you know, they've been there, they've done it. So, you know, you need to, you need to fucking do it yourself. Just put yourself in these right situations and the people are there to help you. People are like, I can't find any training partners. I can't find any, uh, good coaches. It's like, well, maybe it's fucking you. Maybe you take a look at you and see what kind of effort you're putting into it. And then, you know, that's why you're getting the results you are. So I don't know. That's kind of a little ramble, but it is one thing that kind of pisses me off. You know, I, I feel like, like you said, like, some people just think it's luck. Like, oh, how does Trent, you know, how does Trent end up winding, like, getting to go to Vegas with Terry and, like, corner him or, like, you know, have all this success and, like, have all these people who support him. Well, fucker, it's, it's not an accident. Like, <laughs> it's not by accident. Like, this is a plan. This is my career. Uh, this is what I want to do for the future. I want to be a, a, a head trainer one day. I want to have my own gym. I want to have all this stuff. So I'm not just going to be, you know, I'm going to make all the connections I can. I'm going to fucking learn everything I can from everyone. And then I'm going to use it. And then I'm going to give those people credit as well. I love sorry it. About I, that. No, that, sorry. that's all right. I think it's very relevant. I, I'd imagine Harry contacts you and says, Trent, I need some hard rounds in later today. Yeah. I know yeah. that I know we hadn't talked about it, but I really could use some hard rounds today. I'm guessing you're on a short list for Harry to contact, and then you show up, and of course you guys get some good rounds in. So I mean, as you said, it's not a fucking accident. Yeah, no, for real. I've had Harry, you know, Harry, his last fight camp. He's like, dude, I need, I need to get some extra days in striking in. He's like is there any way that maybe on Wednesdays you can drive, like you can drive up to Berea and like help me. And I'm like, I'm, without a doubt, I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Berea, 8.30. And you, this is me like getting up. I work in Nicholasville. <laughs> drive to Nicholasville. Work all day. Come home. Try to get some of my training in. Take care of my dog. You know get everything I need to get them for the day and then drive an hour to Berea to go help him on a Wednesday night and then drive an hour home 
and then go to bed and get up and do it all over again. But I believe in Harry. Harry's one of my best friends in the world. And, you know, so, like I said, not a fucking accident. We, we, in MMA and in combat sports in general, there's so much shit done behind the scenes that people don't see. It's fucking mind blowing. You know, it's, it's, people ask me at work all the time. They'll be like, how do you, uh, how do you just like get out of here and go fucking train every night? And I'm like, man, if that was the only thing I like, I had to worry about, like I said, I coach fighters. So I have, you know, I, I have other people. Not only am I worried about my fight career, I'm worried about other people's fight career. Like, <laughs> makes sense. Um, Trent, I know, I know, I know. We've covered most of this stuff in the past, um, and I apologize for being redundant. But I have found doing interviews like this, it never hurts to start kind of from scratch. First off, are you are you okay on time, Trent? Yeah, yeah, I'm good on time. I, I'm I'm good to go. Okay, um, Trent. Uh, is backstory, Trent? You are originally, I think, from is it Athens, Ohio? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I I lived in Athens, Ohio most of my life, but um, military brat. We moved around a lot, but my dad's always lived in Athens, and yeah, I lived in Athens most of my life. Okay, so from that point forward, and once again, I know we covered this in a previous episode, but I think it's cool to do a summary of your career um, up until this point. So if you, if it's all right, Trent, could you do a, a summary? If we're pretending someone listening is not familiar with who is Trent Knott, uh, Athens, Ohio, military brat. I know you got into karate early, but uh, walk, yeah. walk us yeah, through this so- journey, please. Yeah, no problem, man. So, like, uh, yeah, being a military brat and stuff like that, like, uh, well, my parents divorced uh, before I was born. So, I lived with my mom uh, when I was younger, and we moved around a lot because she, (coughs) sorry, I got a little bit of a cough. But she worked, uh, you know, she worked for the federal government, and every couple uh, years, you know, when she took a promotion, we'd move. So I never really settled in uh, anywhere too much. But, you know, being the new kid every two, you know, year, every two years, I got picked on a lot as a as a kid. So my mom thought it would be great if I got, you know, some self-defense. She got me into karate. Uh, and I really took to it. Like, karate was something that I was very, you know, I was very good at. And when you're a child and you're you know and, and you're getting picked on and stuff and then you start doing karate or some kind of martial art then it gives you confidence and, and stuff like that and, and I took to it I was really good at it and so I don't know if you do, like know how karate was in the 90s it's definitely not like how it is today like there was no point sparring there was no like you would go to a tournament and it was full contact. And like it was full contact karate. Like your, your, your competitions, like there was no, okay, you got a point. Let's start over first one to five points. Like whatever wins this match. Like you wore a gi with your belt 
<clears throat> the gi was like paper thin. <laughs> you didn't wear like shin guard. You didn't have, and like you, you had a match and it was like the first one to get knocked down or like, uh, honestly back in the nineties in karate tournaments, dude, you were seeing people get knocked out with like spinning head kicks and shit. Like there was no, you know, nowadays they wear headgear, they wear feet gear, they wear hand gear, and it's just like no wonder people when they hear karate these days, hard to like laugh it off. So that was kind of my introduction to martial arts, you know, and I don't go around gloating about it, but you know, I got a black belt in, in karate when I was, you know, young. They definitely will speed you through the system if you if you have some talent and you're gonna you know represent you'll definitely belt up as pretty fast but i think i got my black belt in like three years maybe four years but after that kind of grew out of karate and then uh when i was about 13 or 14 uh you know i kind of got sick of moving around a lot so i went to live with my dad in Athens. And uh, my dad was a gold gloves boxer in the Navy. So when and so when I moved to Athens, you know, he had me uh, go to the gym where I first started like training. Boxing was uh, it's called Sam's Gym. Uh, it's back in Gloucester, Ohio. Sam Jones is actually a heavyweight Olympian uh, kickboxer. So. So that was, uh, so I went there and I started training boxing and that's how uh, I got into that. And then I was like, well, okay, I'm really good at kicks. Like I'm, I'm really good at throwing kicks. I'm having this karate background and now I'm starting to get really good at boxing. Why don't we start like, why don't, you know, so that I started kickboxing. So, uh, I had like some kickboxing fights, which is really cool. Like if you know anything about small town, Ohio and stuff like that, like, Fighting has came such a long way from when I first started, like local and and uh, and regional and and professional fighting. It's crazy because like I remember my coach Sam would be like, "Hey, are you interested in fighting in fighting this weekend? Having a kickboxing?" And be like, uh, "Yeah, sure." And it wasn't like we didn't like go to some arena <laughs> or like venue. It was like, okay, be here. We're going over to the Nelsonville Kickboxing Club, and you're you're gonna fight other guys. And it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> that's how like it was in the '90s and like early 2000s. If that makes any sense. Sure. So not yeah. not quite as glamorous as the B two fighting series or something like that. Exactly, dude. Like you would have told me, yeah. If you would have told me that, I, I just, crazy. No, you went to like someone's gym who had a ring, and there would have been like ten guys in the back, and it was like, all right, you're fighting him, you're fighting him, you're fighting him, you're fighting him. Okay, like there's you know ten people in the crowd and. It's, your parents and their parents, you know? <laughs> so it definitely isn't like it is today, but that's how I got my start. And then uh, when I moved from Athens to Kentucky, uh, 
you know, I took a bunch of time off. I didn't think I was ever going to fight. Like, like I said, I didn't think that was ever like an option for me. I just did it cause I liked it and, uh, I wanted to stay in shape. So, um, so I took a couple years, I say a couple years, but it was like nine years, honestly. I, I took, didn't do any like combat sports. I didn't, I didn't box. I, I basically just worked and, you know, and then after, after, make a long story short, after that time, I was like, you know what, I should get back in the combat sports. Even if I'm not going to compete, I should just do it because, like, it's just a part of me. So I went to, you know, I found a local gym, and it just happened to be four seasons. And I started going in there, and all I was going to do was jiu-jitsu. I wasn't going to do any boxing, any kickboxing. I was like, that stuff I already kind of know, even though I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to go in here and try to like do something that I've never done. And that's like a grappling form. And I just was going to go in there and do some jujitsu classes. And then of course, like, I don't know what it is when I was younger. I hated wrestling. Didn't want people like touching me. Like, you know what I mean? I never wrestled. And so I was like, man, I'm going to have to like, all right, let's do jujitsu because I don't want, you know, MMA started getting popular and you don't know what anyone knows these days. And, you know, yeah, I could be a good striker and, but if I get to the ground and someone just has their way with me. So I really wanted to learn jujitsu. So I went in, took some jujitsu classes and then just like, I got the bug hard. Like I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Like I'm getting smashed and I'm getting, up and I'm getting like black eyes and cauliflower ear and just my head pushed into the mat. Why do I love this so much? <laughs> who were the, then, the uh, actually? If we could pause there, who who do you remember from your first your earliest days at Four Seasons? That'd be an interesting uh, thing to mention. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Michael Seals was like the first uh, person I approached and was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking about I actually have a really funny story uh, about Michael Steele's uh, about like a hard ass but like I remember I walked in the four seasons and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm really thinking about like doing jiu-jitsu I have some, I have some like martial arts experience but uh, I never grappled or anything like that and Steele didn't say words to me and he looks at me and he goes and I told him my name. I was like, hey, my name's Trent Nod. And I like, you know, and he goes, he looked at me, he looked me up and down. He goes, if you're here in three months, I'll learn your name. <laughs> and then, and, no, and he didn't. He said, no. I swear to God, those were the only words he said to me. He goes, if you're here in three months, I'll learn your name. And he turned around and they walked up on the mat and he started to cry. And I was just like, uh, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, he started. He uh, walked. He walked off, and he started to what? He he went to his class. So okay. Was, he, okay. He did a noon class, and so like he just turned around, he walked off, and he got on the mat, and he started his class. And I was like, "All right, I have a I have a choice to make. I can be like fuck this guy and uh, walk out and never come back, or I could you know." I could walk up on the mat and, and start doing the stretching routine they're doing. <laughs> and so I decided, you know, 
fuck this guy. I'm going to be here in three months just so he learns my name. <laughs> and uh, I walked up on the mat, and that was it. And I remember, uh, I remember from the early days, uh, Ian Lawler, like Ian Lawler and I are still very good friends to this day, all because of that noon class. Uh, Jamel, of course, I remember Jamel. Like Jamel was there for my very first day. Uh, Eli Mefford, uh, he, he was in there. Uh, Stoney Dennis was in there. Who else that people would recognize? And then, like, a, a, a lot of the cops, like Paul Hogan, uh, Ichiro, uh, th- those guys. Like, it's crazy because, like, those guys still train under still today in his new gym. So like, yeah, I know. So a lot of those guys in the early four season days, uh, but then of course, like we had our own little four season fight team. It was like me, Eli, Peyton, Kyler, you know, Portland Pringle, uh, so many that I'm, that I'm facing on right now. But yeah, man, it, it was good. It's funny. It was like five, six, seven years ago, but looking back on that time, it was like, yeah, kind of like a different life. Okay, uh, so I, I appreciate that. So I didn't mean to slow you down. Um, so you you went into four seasons. You your intention was to devote yourself to jujitsu to learn some grappling for the first time in your life, and then it progressed from there. Yeah, so it progressed uh, because so I would go in, I'd do an hour jujitsu class, and then I still had a couple hours before I had to be at work. So. I would just, you know, sometimes I would hit the bag, you know, hit that hit and kick the heavy bag. Well, Stony Dennis taught like some people in there. He, uh, Eli Mefford, he was Eli Mefford coach at the time. He was Jamel's coach at the time, and some other guys would come in there, and they would do MMA training uh, from like. 12 to 1 or like 12 to 2 or something like that. And I remember Jamel was getting ready for a fight and uh, him and Eli were over there kind of doing some, some drilling and stuff. And I, I was over there hitting the bags. Just hitting the bags. It was my own business. Hard workout. And, and uh, you know, Stoney and Jamel and Eli come up to me and they go, hey man, like, you look pretty good in the bag. They were like, uh, you want to come over here and, and, and help us? Uh, you know, you want to help Jamel get ready for this fight? And I was like, oh, they're asking me? <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, I was all giddy and like, yeah, I'd love, you know, these guys think I'm a fighter. Like, you know, they said I look good. I'm going to go over there and help them. And honestly, that was it. Like, I know it's so stupid, but that was the reason. So I would, I was helping Jamel get me to the fight. <laughs> I'm sorry about this call. I don't know what's going on. All good. But uh, I was helping Jamel get ready for a fight, and then you know they're like, "Dang, like you're you're actually pretty good at this stuff." Well, have you ever thought about fighting MMA? And I was like, "Oh." I was like, "No, not really. Like I was just kind of like in here to, you know, kind of." I love combat sports and kind of want to learn jiu-jitsu. 
and they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then over time, you know, you, you keep going in there and they're like, man, you, you, you should take an MMA fight. You should take an MMA fight. And I was like, no, I don't know. No. And then, like I said, short, short, you know, long story short, I was like, let's take an MMA fight. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. That's, that's how, that's how I started MMA. Like had my MMA career is like just pure luck and stupidity and just yeah I don't know but I'm I'm happy I did it I'm glad I did it and uh, on the on the on the cusp of you know my professional career I love it's it funny. So, yeah so sh- shout out to Stony Stony and Eli and Jamel for kind of nudging you in that direction. Do you think you walked into Four Seasons? What year was that? Maybe 2016 or 17? Yeah, maybe 15, 15, 16, 17, something like that. Okay. I love it. All right. So, of course, you then got in the cage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell this story a lot, too, just because, I think it's kind of funny. So I was like, when I started fighting MMA, I think I was like 26, 27, you know, I'm 34 now, which is crazy, but it is what it is. Never too late. You're only as old as you feel. And I feel fucking 150. Never. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, so I was like 26, 27, you know, taking an MMA fight. And, uh, I remember they were like, okay, like we got you someone. And it's Corey Holbrook. And so I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, so like 26, 27, and the fight just like, I think he was like 22 or 23 at the time. And, you know, Corey at that time, he was a fucking, just a fucking brick shithouse, like muscles on top of muscles. And I was like, what, you know, I was like, okay, this is a good fight for me. You know, he only had like one or two fights at the time. And, you know, I was like, I have boxing experience, you know, I'm, I'm all right. And, you know, he's not much for grappler, so he's not just going to, like, take me to the ground. So I thought it was a good fight. Anyway, it was an amateur, my first amateur fight. It didn't matter. They were like, hey, we got you a fight. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know? So I remember that fight. I remember not being very nervous. And actually, Harry was on that card, too. It was in, it was at Heritage Hall. It was, uh, yeah, I forget who Harry was fighting. Tim Dunn. Tim Dunn. Yeah, Tim Dunn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, like, I was used to, like, these gym fights, right? And so, you know, it was a Heritage Hall, and Heritage Hall is not like, you know, we're not, like, fighting at rough like we are now and stuff like that and these nice, you know, the, the Central Bank Arena and, these nice venues like like we were, but still, when they said Heritage Hall, I was like, oh my god, Heritage Hall? Like, oh my god, that, that's kind of like, that's a cool place. So I get there, and uh, you know, the cage is all set up and everything, and the first person I see, and might not want me to tell this just because he wants to look like a Stone Cold Killer and stuff, but if you've ever seen Harry before a fight, he is, you know, he is a fucking 
spectrum of emotions. Like he's a roller coaster to the point where it's exhausting for me to even try and keep up with him. So I was feeling good. I was like, I'm not nervous. It is what it is. So I walk in to the venue. First person I see is Harry. Harry goes, he looks at me and goes, what the fuck are we doing? He's like, we're about to get into fist fight in front of like a hundred people here in like an hour. He's like, what are we doing? He's grabbing me by the shoulders. And I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, are you nervous? And I was like, well, I wasn't, but now I am. So he was like, he made me so nervous. And so I remember, I remember like they were about to play my music. I'm about to walk out for the first time in my like amateur MMA career. And I get out there and then we're out there. Everything's ready to go. And so the, the bell rings and I come out. We, we, we slap hands. And I remember I threw like a, a jab leg kick. Like that was my first combination ever. I, was, I came out, threw a jab, threw a nice leg kick. And in my mind, I was going to treat this like a kickboxing match. Like, okay, I go. Now I cover up. Now you go. Now you do a little combination. Now you stop. And then I'll throw a combination. And then I'll cover. You know, you can see how kickboxers are, right? Like, it's kind of, I go, you go. Sure. Do you understand? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a dance almost. There's a cadence to it. There's a rhythm. I'm going to throw my combination, then I'm going to go on the defense, and you're going to throw your combination, right? So I throw my little jab leg kick, and then I, you know, I'm like, oh, you go. By the time my leg was coming back to the ground, I think think Corey hit me with like a a 10-piece combo. (laughs) Like, just fucking swarmed me with like 10 punches and I was like and it was in smaller gloves like I've never fought four ounce gloves and so every one of them I feel like they connected and I was like what the fuck like what is this like this is not this is not kickboxing this is chaos and I remember I remember clearly like one of the punches hit me in the throat like right to the boom, right on the esophagus. And I was like, oh my God. I felt like someone hit me with a cinder block in the, in the throat. And I was just like, okay, this is different. This is not kickboxing. This is not me go, you go. This is, this is war. This is fire. This is like, so I remember. And then, you know, my training took over. He hit me with a lot of combinations, but then me and, my coaches were working on, on, on a lot of like clinch work. So I grab them in a tie clinch. I, I calm them down a little bit, but, and then the fight went from there. I ended up losing like a decision, but it was a very close fight. I was actually very proud of myself for, for being like that overwhelmed at first, but then coming back and, and actually controlling most of the fight. I felt like, but, yeah, and that was it. That was my first uh, MMA fight. And the way I describe it, you you probably think like I never wanted to fight again. But after that loss, I was actually more. I was like, okay, I understand this now. Now I understand it. Now I understand what it's going to be like. And now I can prepare myself like mentally, physically, for what this is actually like. And then you got in there and you won three fights in a row. 
Yeah, yeah, went in there, went on a little streak, you know, and and I, I honestly looking back on it, I've never had like 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 my second fight was like David Schwab, like at the time he was like the tenth ranked amateur at the, you know, he was undefeated. He had like three fucking highlight KOs. Like one was like a spinning head kick, and I was like, and they were like, hey. You know, they were like, you want to fight this guy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I was like, yeah. And I went in there and I won it. And I won it dominantly. And that's when I knew, like, okay, okay, this isn't just, you know, I can do this, you know. Because I, I was nervous, you know. I was 0-1 going against this undefeated guy, ranked, who had, like, three highlight KOs. And I went in there and, I, like, I beat him pretty easy. And uh, I was like, okay. I can do this. That was the fight where I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I rattled off some other wins. And I had, you know, I had some bad losses in there. Yeah, it is what it is. It's up and down. It's MMA, you you know. But uh, I finally feel at this moment, I have put it all together. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I put it all together. I feel like this is the right time. And uh, as long as I go in there and perform my best, because I think you can ask anyone who I've ever trained with or anything, like, my, I, I have not shown my best performance yet in a cage. My best performance, my best performances have been left at gyms and, and, and stuff like that. So as long as I show up and, and uh, as long as I show up, I don't feel like there's anyone that could beat me. So as long as I show up and do what I got to do and I'm in the right head frame and, but that's the thing about MMA, right? We could have a bad day, but that could be the day that we're supposed to have our best day. And we don't get the show out next week and, and make up for it. That's the crazy thing about it. Right. Cause like people know how good I am. But if I don't shell it in the cage, then people just assume that you're mediocre or that, you know what I mean? It's, so that's the crazy part. So I'm just worried that Trent Mott shows up on that day. I don't care who my opponent is. I don't care who's across the cage from me. Trent Mott needs to show up on that day. And if Trent Mott shows up on that day, then at this level, I don't think there's a person that can beat me. So, and that's just the truth. I try talking on whatever, but I know what I'm capable of, and I've went up with some of the best people in the world. You've seen the people at the Kentucky Fighters Group. You know, I go train with the guys at Two Brothers. I train at Derby. I train. I've seen what I needed to see at this level. I've been humbled, and I've been, and I'm gracious for everyone who's been there along the way, but. I don't think there's someone who's ever blown me out of the water. My main my main training partner is a UFC heavyweight. You what have, else do I need to be scared of? Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I would say that's a, a pretty. I mean, you're you're probably not going to encounter uh, power like that. Certainly at 170 pounds, um, you have overcome mm-hmm. some some obstacles, including a uh, an accident you were in. When was that? That was uh, Thanksgiving uh, 
not this Thanksgiving. It was last Thanksgiving, so about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was in a I was hit by a car driving my car with T-bone. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, unfortunately broke my neck in three places. Uh, broke three vertebrae in my neck, and uh, also it caused me to have a stroke. So I, I had a, a stroke and lost uh, all mobility in my right arm. I had a 10-hour surgery that saved my life. Um, and I was told by doctors and that uh, I'd never fight again. And then in December of last year, I had my first, uh, I had my first fight back. So I was told I'd never fight again. And in a little over a year since my accident, November 28th, my fight back was December 3rd. So November 28th of, uh, 2020 is when the accident happened. December 3rd, 2021, I had my first mixed martial arts fight back. Do, do you feel there are any lingering effects from your accident that you still carry with you? On the record? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Patrick, what are you trying to do? Every commission, <laughs> every commission in the fucking, <laughs> in the world will listen to this. No, no lingering effects. I okay. Have 100%, I have been medical medically cleared by doctors so that's all that matters to me now if you want to hit me up off the record maybe we can talk listen it's nothing too serious i would never put my life if i felt like my life was in danger in any way uh you know i, I probably wouldn't do it but <laughs> uh <laughs> no. that, didn't record, so, that didn't sound too convincing yeah for the record i am 100 percent healthy okay there. so all right just, just I, wanted to get that out of there i love it so we did a recap of really your entire journey through martial arts you have your upcoming fight against clay witt which is what five days i'm sorry no no no, no. is that right this saturday yeah, this, yeah this, Saturday. this Saturday against Clay Witt, it is your professional debut, and you're not taking a cupcake. What can you tell us about Clay Witt? Yeah, Clay Witt, I mean, he's a, he's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. He is 8-3 uh, as an amateur. He, uh, he's, a very, he's, got, he's got very good stand-up. Uh, I haven't seen him go to the ground very much. I haven't seen his groundwork. But I'm told that he's brown belt in uh, jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, if you're a brown belt under anyone, obviously, you know, you know what you're doing down there. And so, yeah. But uh, I think he's had some injuries, too, that have held him out for a while. It looks like he's had a lot of gaps in between his, his fights. You know, like, it was hard looking him up. Like, he... I think, like, one of his most recent fights was, like, from 2015. So, he, he definitely had some gaps in there where he wasn't fighting. So, I don't know if that's personal reasons and stuff like that, but from what I've seen of him, and honestly, in all honesty, I don't really watch too much of my opponents. Like, there's enough anxiety in this game that I don't really need to add that 
added anxiety onto me. So having coaches that I trust, as soon as I get offered a name, uh, you know, I send that right over to Sandro and Sandro will break everything down and then he'll come back with me and be like, this is a good fight for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's my decision. I'm the one in there fighting. But, um, yeah, Sandro would be like, Sandro told me, you know, he, he, he called me up after I sent him the name. He said, this is a good fight for you. He said, this is very, it's a hard fight. It's a tough fight, but it's a very good fight for you. You guys fight very similar. And, uh, so I think you're just a little bit better at everything than this guy. And I said, all right, let's say it. Sign the contract. So I know he's going to be tough, but Kelly Patrick, everyone at this level is tough, right? Like there is no more cupcakes. That's the funny thing about MMA is like, you know, other sports, once you get, once you get to a certain level, it's like, Oh, it's all downhill from here. You know, I'm never, I made it to the NBA championship. I'm never going to see anyone better than this. No, every fight that I win from here on out, or anything at the professional level, everyone's tough. There is no cakewalk. There is no, okay, if I just get through him, then my next fight will be a cakewalk. No. If if I get through him, my next fight is going to be another fucking killer. And the higher that you go and the better that you do, the tougher the fucking fights get. So, never... I. I never expect anything less. Like, in all honesty, like, the way I look at fighting is Clay Witt is a fucking world champion, right? He's a world champion to me. But also, if the guy me, that guy's a world champion, too. I don't take it. Everyone's a world champion to me. If you're going to fucking fight me, then I'm treating you like a world champion and I'm going to fucking try and take your head off before you take mine off. That's if you're Clay Witt or that's if you're fucking Bob's Burgers down the fucking street and you cut me off in traffic and now you're trying to fight. Everyone's a world beater to me. I don't take anyone lightly and I'm going to fight like that. Hell yeah. Well, Trent, I appreciate the recap of your martial arts journey. A little bit of a preview for your upcoming fight this Saturday. I really appreciate you joining me for the episode today. Before we wrap things up, I know you've got some, you know, some uh, a very supportive team that helps you out, and you've got some sponsors. Who would you like to give a shout out to before we wrap things up? Okay, yeah, definitely. So uh, I got a list of sponsors. These people are just the absolute best. You talk about people who they're not only sponsors; they're, they're family to me, and. Uh, you know, without these people, this camp would have been a lot rougher, uh, especially the travel and, and everything like that. But my first sponsor, Day One Productions, uh, it's a videography team or crew out of uh, Richmond. Uh, Andrew Cummings is, uh, you know, he's been, he's one of my very best friends, but he's been with me through this whole journey, and I was really happy that they uh, decided to sponsor me. Uh, Bluegrass PJJ, which is uh, Marcus Bannon and Cynthia Bannon's gym that they just opened up, uh, part of the American Killer Beast camp. Been training with Marcus now for about four or five years, and I couldn't ask for just, they've always supported me, and just to have their backing now that they have their own place just means the world to me. 
of course, uh, Peyton Hughes, Hughes Construction. I mean, that one meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, just him being so young and owning his own business. If I was that young, I would have never parted with any money. So to, to know that he believes in me like that, uh, I love that kid to death. I'll always support him. Uh, yeah, and just to see him come through for me like that was uh, very special to me. Uh, Ruben Vargas has his own street, uh, has his own combat streetwear called Hood Rat Combat. That one was really important to me too because he's a fellow professional fighter and uh, he's been trying to get his own clothing line off the ground and stuff like that. And him, him believing he needs to get the word out there and and help him grow. Uh, that that just means a lot to me. Anytime you're a fighter and another fighter sponsors you, that's that's a good feeling. And then uh, Nick Pope Insurance. Uh, Nick Pope is uh, we trained uh, jujitsu together out of. Uh, out of uh, Georgetown. I've been training with Nick for a while. He's very, very talented blue belt, but he's also a very just an awesome fucking guy. I'm very happy to have his support. And then also uh, Georgetown Strength and Conditioning, uh, which is Adam's new gym. So Adam has uh, Georgetown MMA where we do all our jiu-jitsu and stuff, but then he just started a, a powerlifting team. Uh, so Georgetown Strength and Conditioning, Go in there, check it out. Go in there and check it out. Uh, it's very awesome. Head coach is uh, Christopher Bean. And, uh, yeah, but those are my sponsors. Uh, I'll have more about them on social media and everything like that. But they're awesome. Definitely check them out. Support them because they support me. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. I love you. Good stuff. Well, Trent, I really appreciate you joining me for the episode. Actually, if someone wants to follow you on social media, what you know? What's your Instagram and all that? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to follow me on Facebook, of course, it's just Trent on N O T T. There's no K. And uh, if you're looking for me on Instagram, I did have an Instagram uh, account strictly for MMA. It was Wolf underscore MMA six one seven. But of course, the goddamn hackers hacked it. And now, if you get a message from them, it's probably them trying to sell you Bitcoin. <laughs> so I moved everything over to my personal account. If you're looking for Trent Knot, it is Diamond Eyes fifty one seven. So it's Diamond underscore Eyes fifty one seven. Uh, Diamond Eyes. It's basically, it's a Deftones song. He's fan of Deftones, but that's why it's that. But uh, yeah, come check me out. Give me a follow. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on my personal page. Art. Uh, writing, drawing, but you know, if you like that kind of shit, give me a follow. And if you like MMA, if you like seeing me fucking beat people up and getting beat up, give me a follow. I love you guys. Thank you for all the support. Thank you, Kelly, for giving me the platform. You're very welcome, Trent. I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon and best of luck on Saturday. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have Another episode out soon.